We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You may have noticed there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. So that can you see your coworkers cracking open at your 9 a.m. meeting? It isn't beer. It's liquid death. So why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Drinking water from a freezing cold can is actually way more refreshing than a bottle. Trust me. Plus, it is way better for the environment and the economy. They're still, they're sparkling, mango chainsaw, buried alive, and my personal favorite, severed lime. And they are now armed with three grams of agave nectar for even more brutal flavor. So I'm going to enjoy this can of lime, and you can go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Packaday Podcast. Thursday is here; the weekend's almost here, which means there's another Packers game coming up. Wah wah! I joke. 
I joke. It is the Packet A Podcast. I am half of your crew, Jason Perrone, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report. We're going to do some weather. But before we do that, Mark, like I said, I think we benefit. By the time we record, we've at least had a couple days to digest either the good or the not so good of what we saw. So I'm assuming since you were okay-ish last week that you're probably better than you were on Sunday now. Yeah, well, this one's worse. This was the worst one of them all. Because of the bad team. Yeah, because I think, you know, they all looked bad as they happened. The Giants looked, oh, my God, they lost it because they, you know. Giants actually are pretty good. That, that I mean, it's, that was still the way the game was played. Was a bad, bad loss. But Giants are Giants might be the second best team in the NFC right now. The second best record. Mm-hmm. Um, Jets are better than a lot of people thought. Washington is better than anybody thought. Washington is Washington. They're not good. Um, they're just, I mean, that, that's there's no excuse. I mean, no excuse for that loss. Um, and it looks bad. I mean, we'll get into it more as we break down the this week's game, but I don't know. It's just, you can't lose to teams like, you can't call yourself a good team if you're going to lose to teams like Washington. It was, I mean, the, the team is, that Washington is in such turmoil. Like, I don't even yeah. know how they're possibly, like, motivated and playing, but they're out there running around and making plays, and still, this was a game that, my score prediction actually ended up almost being you're, correct. You're damn my, right there. I was trying to be funny. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. I really was. I didn't honestly think the Packers were going to lose, but I had to stick with my, you know, look, if you if you lose two in a row, now you have to win one before I'm going to pick you. Uh, spoiler alert, we're going to make picks later this week, and they haven't won since I stopped picking them. So uh, that should tell you which direction that's going. But, yeah, I just that, – that was the toughest part for me was – who are you going to beat? I mean, this was the easy, quote unquote, part of the schedule. And now looking ahead, Mark, it looks. I mean, we're not. We're we got to talk about a little bit last week and this week, but it's kind of scary. I mean, who are you going to beat? You've got Detroit and Chicago. Who else? Silence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you can't beat Washington, who can you beat? Yeah, it's the it's Bears and Lions. Maybe yeah, it right. doesn't get any easier. No, the the Packers travel to Buffalo. They'll take on the Bills, who are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL, in prime time on Sunday Night Football. So it's going to be, and we're getting into the latter part of the year. It's getting a little bit cooler. So let us do some weather, shall we? So we'll start yeah, in Green Bay. That's a good thing we could talk about. Well, yeah, we'll start in Green Bay and we'll work our way west and we'll end on the East Coast, which is with you and also Buffalo, where the game is being played. So in Green Bay. Sunny, high of 54, low of 33. If it's sunny and not raining or snowing, that's a victory for me. Honestly, I, I don't th- think you could look at it really any other way. It's the so only that's, thing sunny in Green Bay right now is, this, is, is the, the weather. Is the actual sunshine, right? Then our friend Isaac Hanks in Hampshire, Illinois, uh, the meteorologist said, uh, brief cool down temperatures in the 40s, unseasonably warm temperatures will return as soon as the warm fall continues. So I guess there's a little bit, uh, it's La Nina and the weather's up and down. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what that, what that brings. I guess, you know, if there's any, any nicer weather, it's a little relief for, for those in the, in the Midwest amidst all the cloudy showing on TV by the Packers, like you said, Mark. And then uh, that brings us to me already in Phoenix 
we're really cooling off over here. I want everyone to feel very sympathetic for me uh, towards me. 79. We're under 80 Ooh, now. Wow. Sunny and 79 degrees here in the Phoenix area. It's fall. This is the time of year where we start to brag a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're out of summer. It's getting a little cooler at night. I mean, the lows are in the high 40s. Really? Yeah, the, the, the high 40s, low 50s. So there's that okay. temperature swing now during the day. The mornings are nice and cool. Like people who walk their dogs are loving it right now because they got great walking weather in the morning. It gets you know hotter during the day, and then it cools off again at night. And then you've got somebody from San Diego. Yeah, I got our our, our new friend uh, Luke Carnes. Uh, he's he's a Wisconsin uh, native, I believe, um, that lives in San Diego now. So he wants to, he's he's chiming in with the San Diego weather. He says it's the best the best time of the year, high fifties at night, sunny and seventy two during the day. Perfect. Can't beat that, right? That is absolutely beautiful. That's awesome. And then our friend Harry and Kamloops, Thursday, high of 61, low 45. That's nice, That's too. not bad. No, not at all. He said there's visible snow on the hilltops, and, and uh, his um, his daylight is slowly dwindling. Hmm. Dwindling and dwindling away. Yeah, pretty soon he'll be telling us hey, it's dark all day. And then as we come, yeah, and then as we come around over to Europe, our friend Alex in Poland... Uh, he's at well, actually, he's reporting from London, so I guess okay. we'll have to we'll have to skip over we'll skip over him. We'll go to Robin over in um, oof, Oslofjord. Oslo. Well, it says Oslofjord. Okay. Uh, going boating in the Oslofjord, so that's probably like a, a body of water. He's in Oslo. Uh, okay. So he did did he convert it for me? I don't know if he could. Oh, he did eight Celsius, which is forty six degrees Fahrenheit. That's a little chilly. A little cool. A little Rain cool. and windy. Ooh. Rain and windy over there. And then our friend Felix in Germany. That's the wine uh, guy, right? Not, yes, but he says he's not working in the vineyards. He's more in the cellar. Uh, so he says that it is 70, high of, uh, let's see, warmest end of October. I can remember high of 79, low of 52. That does sound warm. Doesn't that sound warm for over there? Even though we don't know the weather. Over just, there, but, it sounds okay. warm. That sounds really warm. That's awesome. Well, I hope whatever it is, I hope it's I hope it's helping your winemaking and it's optimal for great yes. uh, harvesting or growing whatever it is that, that's going on there. And now Alex, who's in in London, um, says that uh, weather is. He says he didn't even give me a temperature. He just said weather is fabulous for this time of year, mid sixties, uh, nice and warm. Also in the evening, he said. Uh, hopefully, also the Packers will show up this week. I think they will surprise us all. Well, cheers okay. to you for your optimism, Alex. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So then that brings us to the East Coast where it's uh, Mark Eckel on the beach at Myrtle Beach. How are we looking? Not beautiful. Um, low 70s uh, during the day. It gets down. doesn't get down as cold as you're saying, but about, about, kind of like what uh, my man in San Diego had. Like 50 at, at night um, and 70 during the day. So pretty good. Pretty good right now. Good stuff. And then in Buffalo, where the Packers are going to play on Thursday, it's 50 degrees, a low of 42, partly sunny. That sounds a little chilly, but it actually warms up. On Sunday, it gets up to 58, but it's a night game. So by the time they kick off, it'll be cooler. It's a low of 41. So what it's going to be, uh, it's be a little cool. Wind in Buffalo? Uh, I don't know about the wind. It doesn't, it didn't really say. It didn't say. Yeah, it didn't say. Because wind, wind's the factor sometimes. I mean, that's the biggest factor, I think, in terms of, you know, for a game. Actually, if I look a little bit deeper here, it says uh, it's 17 miles an hour. Okay. To the east. Let's hope. 
I don't know what to hope for anymore. <laughs> yeah, not completely insignificant as far as the the wind goes. Speaking of insignificant, the um, the Packers, like we said at the top of the show here, they lost a game. They are now three and four. They've lost three in a row. Forget about all these accolades and everything that's never happened under Matt Lafleur. Now it's all happened. The Packers are are spinning downward and things are not looking good. And like we said, they've got a tough stretch of schedule coming up here. Some road games. They don't play another home game until uh, they face the Cowboys in another couple weeks. So who's a pretty good team? It was a pretty good team, and I will be there for that one. So it's and I and I've been saying this week too, and I am only kind of half saying it, but usually when I go to a game because I, I try to go to a game every year. And that's the highlight of the trip. So when I get on the plane and all that kind of stuff, like, yeah, I'm excited to see friends and go visit like the neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff, but, and see the fall or whatever, but the game is really the star of the show. Whereas now I'm almost like at this point, the way things are going, this is going to be a trip to Wisconsin to visit friends, eat some, eat some good food, see fall, visit the neighborhood. And there's a football game mixed in there somewhere. Like that's kind of how I'm looking at it now. That's kind of sad. Where it's not the it's well not, again that's that's still a few weeks away. Maybe you'll feel better. We'll see what happens between now and then. But yeah, I might, I might. But uh, just it's been a very it's been a very interesting week so far. A lot of the stuff doesn't really relate necessarily to the defense. And I guess if we well, look I want to ask you something. Yeah. Before we talk, I know our our assignment is to to talk about the Packers defense going against the Bills offense and. Um, it did, well, it's Halloween's coming up, and that's good because it's that's scary. What we're going to talk about is kind of it might, might be the scariest Halloween story this week. Um, but I know because you, we we briefly discussed this, but I know your your stance on this, or I think I know your stance on this. What do you think the Packers would be right now if they had? I'm not going to bring up Devontae Adams because he wanted out. If a guy doesn't want to be with you, you you do your best to get the most for him, and they did. They got a, you know two pretty good draft picks for him. But let's say they kept MVS, or they went out and got not a superstar, but a, a competent, veteran, healthy wide receiver in the offseason. What do you think they would be right now? Better, even with Aaron Rodgers not playing great, and and I, whether it's the thumb or not, I think they I think the Packers would have at least won one of these games. So I think they would have won at least two and maybe three. I think they would have beat the Giants, and I think they would have beat Washington. And the Jets, maybe. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and it, but all it would have done, now, now with that said, I don't think if if they were five and two at this point instead of three and four, we'd all feel a little better, obviously. But it's, it wouldn't mask the other problems that this team has. Mm-hmm. And it would still be... Going to Buffalo would still be tough, and playing Philly and Dallas and uh, Tennessee and the Rams and all would all still be difficult. But you would have had some some wiggle room because you would have five wins in the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the biggest mistake, and I'm and, and this isn't hindsight because you know I I was crying all all season, and I wasn't crying about trading Devontae Adams. I saw that coming and. Thought they got a pretty good deal for it, but then they didn't do anything to rectify the loss of Devontae Adams. They thought they could get by with Alan Lazard and a couple of rookies and aging Randall Cobb, who's hurt. My, I'm shocked. Sammy Watkins, you know, aging and hurt. Now he's back, but I mean, you know, and like you said, Rodgers isn't, he's not having an MVP season. 
But 17 drops in six games is not a good thing. A couple drop touchdown passes is not a good thing. A couple, you know, a lot of drops on third and fourth downs. Uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, and they, the trade deadline's next week, and it looks like, I mean, I don't know. All, I mean, everybody that reports from, you know, the big name, the big time places to the little time places, all say the Packers are going to get somebody. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll find out next week, I guess. Well, your, your old uh, the team you've, you formerly covered just added a nice mm-hmm. piece in pass rusher Robert Quinn. I think it was a fourth-round pick. Fourth-round pick. I mean, you want to boost your pass rush. I mean, we talk about defense. This is our, our assignment is to talk about defense. So I know everybody wants a wide receiver. And I tweeted even last week before the Washington game and said, look, a wide receiver, I, I don't know that that's going to necessarily fix, you know, it's, it's like one hole in the ship, you know, like it's one hole. If you plug one hole, then you just sink slower. Like there's a lot <laughs> well, more things. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. I think they would be, they would, they would be better right now. I mean, their record would be better. Yes, they would. I know. I think they would. I think they you know, would, and I'm not saying ignore the offense and just go get a bunch of defenders because the defense has they did its, that. They that's had what they did that it is, and that that's and and let's not even t- go there with. And I've been a lot more patient with, but I'm losing my patience with Christian Watson because he can't play. And if you can't play, then you're no good. So now that's that's looking like a very bad calculate. Uh, you know, the calibration was not good on that one. If you expected Christian Watson, who you traded up or you know to get. You spent two second-round picks to move up to draft this player, and you expected him to be a big contributor. Well, he he hasn't done. I mean, literally, has done nothing. He scored. He had one. one he, he scored a touchdown on a, on a jet sweep. One touchdown on a jet sweep, which I guess Dropped okay. A touchdown. So you can argue and say literally nothing is hyperbole. Okay, that's fine. But outside of that, there's there's that's nothing it. else to a show jet for. Jet sweep, which is a kind of incriminating in its own right that that's that they're using this guy on. And that's what they used Tyler Irvin. The guy they got they got off the street to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a guy that you spent a lot of draft capital to come in to be your guy. And that, I mean, uh, don't get me started on Let him run around. I mean, he's, he practiced on Wednesday. So he he was limited. He was, but he at least hit the field. So, and they haven't, I I didn't mean by injury. He's just limited. Well, he's Mr. Limited. He's the opposite of uh, some other quarterback that's in uh, Denver who spends half of eight hour flights working out on the plane. (laughs) Let's not even, that's not even. Um, I mean, we we you know we're not quite. Here's very... my thing about Chris, about Christian Watson. Tell me if I'm wrong. The kid grew up in Tampa, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Grew up in Tampa, Florida. There's five Division One schools that I know of in in Florida: the U, Florida State, Florida Gators, Central Florida, and South Florida, which is right in Tampa. None of those schools wanted him. Do you think a kid from Tampa? Wants to go to North Dakota? Right. I mean, seriously. Do you think a kid that grew up in Tampa, sunny, beautiful Tampa, wants to wants to spend four years in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota? No, I don't think so. Not if you want to play in the if you want to play in the NFL, that's not not your best bet. We know if you want to play in college, it's not your best bet. (laughs) I mean, if you're Carson Wentz, who grew up in North Dakota and probably dreamed of always going to North Dakota State, okay, maybe. He, maybe he turned down some other places to go to North Dakota State because he used to go to the games as a kid. I don't know. I mean, that's a they have a fine, fine program for their level, but it's for their level, which is I, I still call it one double A. I don't know what they call it now, but it's a major step below the Florida's, Miami's, and Florida States. You know, I mean, that, that alone, that alone 
bothers me about Christian Watson. Now, I know that was four years ago when guys go and become better and all that, but I don't know. The terrible. I, I, I hated the pick that the moment it happened, and I've been dying to write that I was wrong, and that this is, you know, but I haven't been able to write that yet. No, it's, yeah, it. Uh, the Packers have a lot of... I mean, his drop on the first play of the season set a bad omen, and I believe in omens. It set a bad omen for the, for the whole season. Yeah, we've seen that happen before. Or it's early in the season, you see signs of stuff, and you should have known. I mean, the special teams last year, of course, now yeah. special teams once again is is a disaster. And I think we should lump them in with defense if we're going to talk about it. So okay. the first thing I want oh, to say, because yeah, we, well, we talked about a bunch of stuff before we started recording. So the, the, from a defensive standpoint, let me just start start by saying this. The, the defense is spending too much time on the field. The offense is just, they're not... They're not helping. They're not helping the situation. And I'm not trying to to take any blame away from the defense. What really frustrated me last week was that the defensive backs, we know they're not wide receivers, but if they could catch a football, they would have had at least one other interception, if not two, maybe three. There were a lot of drop balls. Rasul Douglas, I think, got his hands on two. Jair got his hands on one. Terry McLaurin beats Jair for the long touchdown. Like, you know, he's a very good receiver. But if you're Brian Gutekunst, and again, now I'm venturing back into offense. But if you're Brian Gutekunst, you're literally sitting there watching the guy that you didn't draft because you took Jay Sternberger cook your number one corner from the year prior to take the lead, a lead that you wouldn't be able to overcome and that was going to beat you. And worse, and not only that, also made the big play. Let me tell you my experience with this game. I was out of town. I, I didn't. This is the first game in a long time that I, that I didn't watch live mm-hmm. because I was flying home from from Jersey. Uh, I went up to Jersey for a wedding on Saturday. So I was actually watching it on my phone for an hour. For, they were up 14-3 when I was watching it on my phone. Then I got on the plane, and I'm watching it some more until they, until the, you know, even, they, even when they said turn your phone off, I didn't. Um, and it was, got to 14-10. And then when you went here in the air, you, you lose all Wi-Fi, whatever, I guess. I don't know. Then I landed, and it was... The Packers were about to score to make it 23-21. So now I'm looking at the clock, and I said, oh, they got their three timeouts. All right, they, can, they don't have to onside kick here. They can kick off. The, and I'm thinking, all right, defense, come up big here. Get a stop. Get the ball back. Crosby kicks a 50-yarder to win the game. But they didn't get the stop. I mean, they eventually got a stop, but not until the Redskins moved into Packer territory. And they had him third down, and McLaren made a big play then too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, Jair Alexander, he's the highest paid corner in the league. He's supposed to, you know, everybody wanted him to cover it, and I'm, I'm included in this. Everybody wants him to follow the, 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 the number one guy, right? Everybody ripped Joe Barry because he didn't cover Justin Jefferson in the first game. Well, he covered the number one guy this week and didn't do so well. Yeah, he struggled. Terry McLaurin yeah, definitely. I'm not saying that's maybe it, I'll give him one bad game. But it was. It was a bad game for for, for Jair. Well, Alabama. the receiver was really good, but the quarterback wasn't. It was Taylor Heineke. Right. And Taylor Heineke threw. Although a couple he's passes. he's he's Washington's best quarterback. Well, he is Washington's, but he's not he's not very good, and he no. threw a couple passes with his eyes closed, <laughs> and still completed the ball, completed the pass. So, as far as let the, me ask you this, because I I have my feelings, but and you saw it live. Was that a penalty on Eric Stokes when it, when Roswell Douglas? Got the fumble recovery for a touchdown. If you want to go by the actual, the absolute letter of the rule, then sure, but no, it was not the illegal, but, co- the illegal contact, the one that yes. it negated the scoop fumble. 
Yep. No, that's a terrible call. Terrible, terrible call, call, right? I mean, let him play football. That's my thing on that one. And, and I'll just say this. Look, it sucks. But this Packers team is playing badly. Okay, everyone's like, God, we can't get a break. If they would have just gotten that scoop and fumble, they would have won this game. They could have stopped the bleeding, turned it around. Maybe they go play better against Buffalo or they, they you know, upset Buffalo or whatever. These are just, you know, hyperbole things I'm saying or, or just made up things I'm saying here too. Listen, it, it just, this is life. I don't like blaming the officials. And fortunately, the Packers are playing so badly right now that it, it's taken our focus off of the officiating. You know, because usually in a Packers game, even if they win, it's like, oh, we could have lost. The officials were terrible, right? And, I, you know, we, we don't. And I never, yeah, I'm not one to blame officials either. No, The only time no. I've ever really blamed it was, was the fail Mary. Well, that was just, that <laughs> anyway. That was just the worst call in the just, Yeah, a, any, anyway. So that was, yeah, I mean, just, and thank God I wasn't doing the Pack-A-Day podcast, doing the defense and having to talk, because I, I would have <laughs> probably broken a microphone. But you got to, you just, you have to overcome stuff like that. And my big issue with this team in general, defense, offense, everybody, is the adversity is just kicking this team's ass. And I can't figure out why they yep. can't do something. Somebody do something special. Now, Devondre Campbell, Campbell, Devondre Campbell had a pick six. It was a nice pickoff. He takes it to the house. The Packers actually had a 14-3 to lead yep. in this game. Second time in it's, three weeks that they blown it's a double It's the same digit. story. It's the same story. And watching this game, I sat there and said to myself, okay, well, this is a problem. They almost need to be only up one score instead of up two scores because when they go up two, this is where problems start happening because either they start playing soft, they can't teams start actually trying some stuff and, and they figure things out through the Packers. You know, do they adjust? They're, again, Green Bay is relying on you. We talked about setting an edge and, and the uh, the edge rushers, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Everybody's talked about how Rashawn Gary's great at rushing the passer, but he's not great at setting an edge and playing the run. And then you said, well, what's he being asked to do, which is a great point. That's a really good question. Because if if the Packers are, for whatever reason, asking Rashawn Gary, listen, you just rushed a passer, and I know you're going to give an example from your days in Philly, which was a very good comparison, then you're then are you honestly telling me that you think that Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, Quay Walker, and Javondre Campbell are all, are just solely responsible for stopping all the all the the being the run defense? Because you gave it you gave an example and and this is a really good point to everybody who's like Rashad Gary just needs to set an edge. Well, you you covered somebody in Philadelphia who was really good at rushing the passer, and you asked him also about playing the run. Well, yeah, well, not I I didn't ask, but. Um, Hugh, Hugh Douglas, who played for the Jets and then the Eagles, pretty very good pass rusher in his in his time, um, used to kind of half joke about it when 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 people would say, hey, you know, hey, the run defense has been down. You guys are ranked, you know, twentieth in the league against whatever it was. He'd say, hey, don't talk to me about the run defense. I don't get paid to stop the run. I get paid to sack the quarterback. And he would point to the guys next to him. Talk to Corey. Talk to Hollis. Talk to those guys about stopping the run. Huh? Talk to me about getting to the quarterback. <laughs> so he was that his job. He, Basically, was you go get the quarterback? We got other guys that will stop the run, you know. So I don't. Again, I don't know. And in Russell Gary's defense, not that I, he needs me to defend him, but if you go back two years ago when he wasn't even, you know, he was still the third guy behind Smith and Smith, he set a pretty good edge when when, when he was out there. I I remember saying, hmm, this guy's pretty good against the run. Like we'll we'll see how if he develops in, into a pass rusher, but mm-hmm. he's he was pretty good. He he you know. I thought he was – I was like, man, this he's better than I thought. So uh, he didn't forget how to do it. I just wonder if he's being told, 
listen, your job is to go after is to, is to do this. Right. And we'll have other guys fill in for that. And uh, again, I'm, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not asking Joe Barry questions about it. Somebody should, I think. Right. We'll see what they say. Well, that, but, I mean, I you know, I feel like I feel like the questions are starting to pour on a little bit more as far as as because when a team isn't playing well, the same yeah, answers right. week after week aren't aren't good enough. And you know, as a beat writer, your job is to uncover what the heck is going on. Right. So these questions and and some of these things are, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves, devolves, improves, doesn't improve. And the other thing I'm worried about too, Mark, and and we're kind of all over the place, but that's where the Packers yeah. are playing, so we might as well just you know do the show the same way. Is eventually, guys are going to start making business decisions, and and even worse if it gets really really bad, and they lose five or six games in a row, some guys might just stop trying. You're not going to get well, optimal. You're not going to get optimal effort from them, and then, then it's going to get real ugly. And it's it's hard for a team to evaluate what they have going into the following season because guys are going to kind of give up on 2022 and punt on it and say screw it, right? But when they come back for training camp in 23, they they should be ready to go. Well, the the Gutekunst now has to try to figure out who's not going to quit on me, who quit on me now this year that's not going to quit on me next year that's under contract that I can't cut. And all these things have this huge snowball effect. So let's hope that we don't we don't get there. Speaking of Gary, he didn't practice on uh, Wednesday concussion, although he was on the field. Yes, which is a good sign. I mean, it means he's he's probably progressing through the protocol. Because if you're if it's real bad and you're you know you're not even out there, you're sent home and you know. So that's we'll see about tomorrow and or today Thursday and Friday. Um, I mean, he might not play. We don't know, but. Um, one is speaking of deep now, so we, we, we do defense. There is a, a little bit of a bright spot on this defense this year. See if you agree with me. And that's um, fifth round draft pick Kingsley Engabari. Yes, and Engabari's been very, yes, he's he's yeah, growing he up had, pretty he nicely. Had, he had a sack, another sack last week, mm-hmm. and could have had a, a could have had two sacks, right? Yep. yep. He had the one where they ruled it a sack fumble, and then they reviewed it. And said his arm was coming, and I think that was the right call. But point was, he got you know he's 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 making some plays. He certainly has moved way ahead of John Garvin, who didn't even dress this week. He's a ball player. He's got a he's got a really nice fire to him and the way he plays. And I hope that he develops nicely and and that maybe he doesn't lose that fire for playing football. I mean, you can find really good players, and a lot of a lot of rookies play their butts off because they want to get that second contract. And then it's, that's what you really see if someone's going to be really good or not is when they finally get paid. Do they keep playing? Do they keep trying? Do they keep doing everything? And uh, But that, that would be nice. I mean, the Packers need some depth at edge, and especially if they're going to decide to move on. I don't know when they're going to move on from Preston. So they need somebody to be able to step in there. And I, I think if he continues at the rate that he's at right now, he might end up he might end up replacing Preston Smith sooner than later. Now I don't I don't like I don't love that idea right now because I think the Packers still very much need Preston Smith, right. or they'd have to find a veteran or, or somebody to come in. But well, forget reply. I mean, you need three pass rushers. Yeah, I mean you you can't get by. With, I mean, Gary and Smith can't play ninety percent of the snaps. That's right. going to they're going to be dead in the fourth quarter and they're going to be dead by week. 13 i mean yeah. you need at least a third guy that's going to take some snaps i really need four you need um, rotation yeah but yeah and this guy's showing that when he's out there he's gonna he's good things can happen as opposed to when they had you know garvin and tippa and whoever else they were putting out there you know that's why they had to go out and get whitney merciless last year who did okay until he got hurt but um no that for the for 
you know, we, I'll, I'll criticize some picks I, that I thought weren't good, and we, we talked about one. Um, that was a pretty good pick in the fifth round. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, came also, also, yeah, but also on the, the uh, defense injury report, Shamar Jean Charles didn't practice. He has an ankle. Who? Shamar Jean Charles. Oh, yeah. The okay. corner. Does he play? <laughs> well, he plays on special teams. He doesn't play on defense. But yeah, the rest I'm, of the, the I'm, rest I'm, of the. I'm being a little, a little, you know, sarcastic. There. Facetious. Um, and then just to, to round out the injury report, too, since there wasn't one up until this point, uh, Bakhtiari limited. Elton Jenkins didn't. That's a good thing, right? It is if he practiced at all. Elton Elton didn't practice, but that might just be um, that might be rest. designated rest. Lazard with the shoulder, he's concerning. He was in a he's sling. Not play this week. He he's was in a sling. This week. Yeah, he's he's. Gonna I can't be, imagine, right? You can't imagine he's going to play this week. Right? He's in rough shape. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't practice. The thumb. And then uh, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson, Watkin, Watson, both limited hamstrings. So, Buffalo's offense. This is the best offense that they faced thus far and probably the best they'll face all season, right? Even better than Phillies? Yeah. Josh Allen's better than Jalen Hurts. He is, but the Philadelphia offense is productive. Yeah, no, I'm not taking nothing away from Philly's offense. And Philly runs the ball well, and the Packers don't stop it. I still think Buffalo's offense is better than Philly. I mean, mean, Philly's offense first half is unbelievable. Second half, they kind of go to bed. Buffalo's Buffalo's for real. I mean that that's that that's almost scary. I mean Josh Allen's really good, and their receivers are pretty good. Now you're right, the running game. Well, watch, watch. Well, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to say that the running game, uh, that Buffalo's running game, is nothing to worry about because they'll go out and run for 180 yards this weekend. They're gonna run. Them. No, they're gonna run the football fine. They're they're gonna do everything well. The Packers aren't getting a hall pass this week. They're gonna face the best <laughs> version of the Bills. The other thing too is the Packers have never won in Buffalo, and every time they go to Buffalo, they play bad. Oh, they play poorly <laughs> there. So, which doesn't mean anything from yes, one year does. to the next. Well, no, it does. From, from one year to the well, if you think about it this way, though, the, the, the it means a little bit less. Yes. Yes. The historical does to like, I think, to people like you and me who think about it that way. But when you only play an AFC team in their building once every four years, right, like right. the team but is so AFC different. Team doesn't be quite your well, last right. actually it was eight years ago. So last time the Packers were there, this was 2014. That was the Jordy drops a bomb game. And they, they could have won that game, but Jordy right. dropped a would-be touchdown, and they lost a close game. Rodgers threw a couple interceptions. It's just weird, stupid stuff. Now, I was just thinking about this right now, Mark. Think about this. I know it's bad right now. They're playing bad. They're, they're playing terrible football. There's very few teams playing worse than the Packers right now. But mm-hmm. if you this is an AFC game coming up. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Jets two weeks ago. So that's two yeah. AFC games, right? The Giants' loss was bad. Had they beaten mm-hmm. Washington, then you're you're probably still losing three out of four, but two of those three are to AFC opponents. AFC teams, right. Now you've got two losses to NFC teams because you dropped to Washington. You already lost to the Giants. And now you're probably staring down the barrel at a fourth straight loss. And now you're going to be two games under 500. So yeah. that, three and five. Because, you know, and I, I, I don't think it's any secret uh, who both of us think are going to win this game. So and I, and and I you know I I love the, I love the the positivity and the hey this team is ripe to this is a trap game for Buffalo now and trap no, game. Buff, Buffalo's not, no, not. Buffalo's not Boys. dropping this game Buffalo is not they're not dropping this game they are they are coming out and they are going to absolutely dazzle at in in Buffalo um, Sarah Kelleher who's on the Wednesday show 
brought this up. The Bills are winning at home by 34 points a game. <laughs> I mean, they haven't played. They've, I mean, they've only played how many games at home? Let's but that's go. still not bad. No, <laughs> that's pretty good. And they so don't have. I mean, everyone's everyone's healthy. I mean, here's three, what the Bills have done at home this year. They, everyone's they healthy. Played, you know, on their no, on, no, no, their best corners out. Well, Cam was white. Uh, well, he's yes. Uh, you know, he isn't playing right now. That's that's true. But and Micah Hyde's on, on injured reserve with right. the neck injury. Their their, their secondary has some hit. Now, the shame that the Packers don't have any receivers that can exploit that. Right. No, they don't. Here's what they've done at home this year. They played Tennessee at home. Tennessee's not a bad team, right? Four and what are they? Four and two? Mm-hmm. Whatever. No, not bad. Forty-one to seven. Then they were away a couple weeks. Then they came over and played Pittsburgh, who's not a very good team, but they, they're usually competitive, right? Pittsburgh mm-hmm. beat them thirty-eight to three. So they've, yeah. they've they've only had two home games. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Um, that that thirty-eight to three there, kind of I along the lines know. of what I'm expecting to see <laughs> this this particular weekend. Yeah, this and, is this is not a trap game. This is a prime. Buffalo doesn't get a lot of prime time. This is prime time for for whatever reason. Like I don't know why they they should get a lot more, um, but they want. But the prime time wants to put Denver and Russell Wilson on all the time. Well, the NFL um, was also hoping for a, a, something very different than what they're getting this Sunday night. Well, but but they're getting what they're not getting what they wanted, but they're getting a good story because it could be like, you know, people like that. People like car wrecks too. People watch NASCAR to see the winner, but they also watch to see crashes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see the winner, and, you, and you, you're going to see – there's going to be a lot of talk about the demise of the Packers. I mean, yeah. Well, it's happening already. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, the, during the broadcast, the pregame, a lot is going to be talked about with stuff that we're talking about. Should they have done this? And why did they do that? And is Rodgers going to retire? And blah, blah, blah. And we're, but let me, let, let me bring up – because we're, 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 we're going to wrap up pretty soon and give our pick. But the last time – I was talking to a friend of mine today who's, who's a Packer fan – down here and he said to me like he said it's just like you said man i'm not i'm i don't even know if i'm gonna watch the game he said i said well i kind of have to he said because i and i've never thought that i you know i watch every game do or die i go after if, if you know if it, even if it's not on regular tv i go out to a bar blah 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 i said um he said but i just i don't, I don't i'm afraid i don't want to watch it. it's going to be terrible and he said to me when's the last time you thought that about a packer game that they had no chance and I thought about it for a little bit. I said, well, not that they had no chance. But last year, just last year, the Packers were going to Arizona, who were the undefeated Arizona Cardinals, in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Well, not quite your backyard, but down the road from you. Playing an undefeated Arizona Cardinal team in Arizona on a short week without Adams and MVS and somebody else, right? Didn't they have like three receivers out that game? Uh, wasn't Lazard out too, or did he was play? Lazard, MVS, and and Adams. I know they had yeah, three. Yeah, I think it was a three. I know three receivers were not playing, and Adams was because I remember there was a lot of Juwan Winfrey, a lot of Randall Cobb. Yeah, that was the game that Tunyon got hurt too. So, I mean, and Packers won that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not. Don't no, listen. I'm not saying that's going to happen again. But I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. If we, if you want to have a little bit of optimism <laughs> they did beat the cardinals in a similar situation last year where they were although this is the i i this is unbelievable aaron Rodgers has played how many years now i think this is his 16th year this is the first time he's ever been a double digit underdog yeah 
And deservedly so. The line should be double digits, right? I mean, mm-hmm. based yeah. on what we're talking about, you know, 41-7, 38-3. Um, Packers losing to Washington, losing to the Jets and Giants. I mean, yeah, this, if this line was less than 10, it'd be, it'd be you'd, you'd worry about why is it so low, right? Right. So. Yeah. Actually, I think. I think this might be his 18th season. If you include his his rookie right, year, yeah, when he wasn't playing in '05, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, he's played a lot of years. But yeah, and I and that's the other thing too is I think this thumb. We're not an offensive show, but this this thumb is an issue. Oh yeah, and, and we're not even going to get into any of the, the stuff that Roger said. I mean, I think the accountability is important, and I and I, I like the fact that he's saying, hey, if you if you don't, I mean, he said what is I don't mind what is. And he said what is true. If you don't perform, you can't play, right? And we should we should real quickly also mark to special teams. When when they trotted out, you should be glad you missed the game. When Plus, they I watched it again. <laughs> when they brought when they brought Amari Rogers out there, I I said to myself, that is insubordinate and that's uh that's a choice that this team is making because you can't tell me that there's not one out of any of the other 46, 47 guys that are active on game day that can't capably field, I'm not saying return, field a punt. And you keep trotting Amari Rogers out there. And what did he do? He fumbled the ball. He fumbled the ball away, and it cost three points. And they lost by two. And then there was a penalty at one point on a punt return, and the Packers opted to have Washington re-kick to Amari Rogers. And it's like, you are, you are tempting, <laughs> you are tempting some very, very bad mojo. When this you... is part of my, what I wrote, I know you, you always ask me what I, what I have coming on Packer report. This is part of the story that I wrote uh, for tomorrow. Just things that Bob, things that have been bothering me. Who thought he was going to be a good return guy? He wasn't a good return guy at Clemson. He was a good receiver at Clemson. He was a mediocre return guy at Clemson. He didn't do kickoffs. He did in four years at Clemson. He returned two kickoffs, two if kickoffs you, in four years. I guess I, I the special team situation in Green Bay has always been very very confusing to me because I understand they had their eye on Christian Watson maybe as their kick returner and he's not okay. playing so he can't do it. Right. But it's Keishon Nixon and and I'm like you still have Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs was a punt returner in college and was pretty good at it. Or even in, even on kick return, like you still have Romeo Dobbs. Most of them go in the end zone anyway. Well, you've got Dobbs, you've got Ture. Do you really not trust Samari Ture with the ball in his hands? Like he's well, fast. That was his first time up last week. I too, I, I would like to see him. If if they're not going to use Dobbs because he's now their number one receiver, which is insane, then put Ture. I I I like Ture. I do. I like I liked him. I thought he had it when they picked him in the seventh round. I said, "Well, that's not a bad seventh round pick." Played at a real school. Not a good college, but he played against good good colleges. I liked him in preseason. He had he had a hell of a preseason for them, which is why he made the team. And then you know, let's yeah, maybe is that the guy Rogers? Is that one of the guys Rogers was talking about? Then when he said let's play guys, let's give some guys a chance. I have no idea which specifically which guy yeah, specifically he was talking about, but fine, okay, go out and play. I mean. That's your that's your Jeff Janis at this point, I guess, for lack of a lack of a better, Jay you know, like the late round Kumaro Kumaro's on the injury <laughs> report, by the way. Oh no, uh, yeah, he was he's on the injury report. Broken yeah, he heart? was he was limited with an ankle, but anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, the, well, you're going to see Teray. I mean, the Packers are going to have to lean on on some players that they they don't normally lean on. The other thing yeah, too is I mean, is if... this the offense is just disjointed. I mean, they're going to have to run the football. Just produce though, because the defense needs legitimate. 
they need legitimate breaks and they need this the the uh, now listen that the opposing team has had some really crap field position and dro- drove down on this defense and that's what's frustrating to me is like I get it if you give up a first down but buckle don't don't wait to not break until you get inside the 10 yard line right don't yeah, they, like they hold it. Yeah, I know try, saying. try. Just imagine that the fifty-yard line is the end zone, <laughs> and do do do, do that instead. Because well, on defense, it's like that—that's the problem. Is you just keep you keep giving up all these chunk, 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 and this once again this soft coverage and these swing routes, uh, you know, misdirection, and guys are leaking out. Like just cover, 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 cover. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors... Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, like I, last week, remember what I said, you know, what bothered me the most about this defense was they weren't getting turnovers. And they got the one big one last week, early. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, great. This is Okay. I'm, I'm going to look. I'm, they're going to do what I want. They're going to get, and they, like you said, could have easily had two or three more. Had one that was called back, and then a couple drops, a couple, you know, misses, whatever. You know, that that's what I want to see out of defense. But let's be honest. The last three weeks, the three losses, they played good. The defense played very well in the first half of all three of those games. Mm-hmm. They led the Giants only. What was the score? They were up. Giants had about three points at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there was. The Jets only had three points at halftime. Washington had 10, 
but three came off the fumbled punt that the defense did hold, uh, there. They did hold in a sense. They, I mean, Washington recovered the punt in field goal range. So they held him to a field goal. Instead of touchdown. So the first half, they played great. Second half's not so much, but like, as you said, you could only be on the field so long. I mean, last week, the time of possession was ridiculous in Washington's favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't care how good your defense is when you're on the field that long you're going to wear down. I mean, and this is a young defense, but still it's, they're out there too long. And then they're getting frustrated and they're panicking where they're, instead of just playing solid fundamental defense, they're trying to, they're trying to make a play. So instead of just making a tackle, they're, they're trying to tackle the ball and then they miss the tackle. And the guys, instead of a three yard gain, it's an eight yard gain, you know, um, they're, they're gambling for the interception and the guy, and then, you know, they get beat for, the first down but a lot of that comes from they listen the players watch the game too they're not just playing it they're like they know the offense is struggling they know that they need to get the ball back they that they got to even score like they could have done twice last week um it just puts everything in a bad it's just it works it works both ways you know we've seen packer teams through the years where the offense was very good and the defense wasn't and so the offense you know, felt they had to score 40 points every week to win games. Yep. Well, now the defense, you know, it's the other way around. And I don't know what the solution, I don't, I you know, but if I knew what the solution was, Packers would, wouldn't hire, would hire me tomorrow. Right. And I, I wouldn't be doing pack a day anymore. I'd be working for them. Yeah. They've, they've got, they've got their work. They got their work cut out for them. I mean, it's, it's, this, this game is going to be, I think it's going to be rough to watch. I mean, who knows? They surprise, that's fine. If I'm wrong, I don't care. I mean, I, you know, that's, I, I'm not going to ever complain about being wrong about a Packer, right. picking the Packers not to win a game. But when we, when we come back, it's just, I think it's more of just the week after week. If, if there isn't any needle moving and there's just more negativity and there isn't as, you know, something to, t- to talk about. I mean, what were the bright spots here? We talked about Enic Barre. It's like, I'd like to have mm-hmm. more. I want to see more, like you know, stuff to build on there. Quay Walker actually bounced back well. and, and played okay. He, he Walker played okay. Campbell both played okay. But... Played okay. Uh, now I know that you're not, not haven't been a huge fan because he hasn't played much so far. But Devontae White had a couple good snaps in this game. No, I like. I, I'm, I think, I'm not the anti White guy. I don't well, know not not that, but I think I think it's more from the context of what they did to draft Christian Watson, who you're not a fan of, and, right. and no, all I, that I, kind I, of stuff. No, 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 no. But but I. Wyatt, like, just you know, if if it gets to that point, like, just they get him out start there. Playing him more, get him out there. Yeah, get get right. him out there. I mean, I like I like the defensive line. I think mean, Reed Reed does okay. Slayton's got got some dog in him too. So I mean, the defense has they've got players got now. Now the one thing I want to end with the one thing I want to end with because I this is kind of a mantra of mine and something I watch for and it's just I I I my concern meter is starting to to rise. We know in the secondary. We know that Darnell Savage is what he is. He's not going to get any better, right? He's not breaking out. He's not going to do anything more. Put him where he belongs, but that's okay. Well, he's not going to. Well, he's not going to play any better than than he's been playing. And for whatever reason, Adrian Amos is just average and okay this year. Eric Stokes is not showing me that year two jump. And I know you said maybe it's a slump. I hope so because he does not look any better. He doesn't actually. He doesn't look as good as last year. No, you're right, and I like Eric Stokes, and I think he's still going. I think he's still going to be a good player. But you're right, he's not. Although last week, I don't think he was that bad. Last week, I, he he was worse against the Jets. Well, the ticky tack foul was stupid. I mean, that was. I'm yeah, not going to blame. I'm again, not going to blame positive. him for that. But but no, he I mean, he's not playing the ball. He's just 
He's, you know, and I, again, to your point, what's he being asked to do? I know that's the big, big thing now. All the beat writers are coming down on us because we don't know what the play calls are. Right. Okay, so what is he being asked to do? Well, if he's, again, I talked about insubordination with Amari Rodgers getting trotted out there on punt return. If you're not asking Eric Stokes to play the ball and use his speed, then you're insubordinate. You're, you're not using him the right way. Yeah. You're insubordinate. That's not, that's not how you, it's not how you do it, so... It just, I don't know. There's there's so many head head scratching and head shaking things that are going on right now. And I just want so badly for him to just like pick off a ball and and like outrun the universe to the end zone. Because I think that would be so good for his confidence in his game. And then all of a sudden that you can build on that. Then you've got then you've got a really, really confident, strong corner tandem there with Jair. Yeah. And in Stokes and Russell's, you know, no, no, no slouch either. And then you just hope that the safeties are okay. I mean, I agree with you. Savage, move him around. Rudy Ford, not great. He's not a great safety, but he's capable. I mean, they won a Super Bowl with Charlie Pepper. So Rudy Ford, you can do a lot worse than. Now, Rudy Ford's actually been a nice addition. Yeah. I mean, I know he's a great special teamer. We, when they signed him, I said, oh man, this is good. But he's not, he's not, he's not, he's better than Henry Black. Right. Who played a lot last year? Yeah, no, he's definitely better than Henry Black. Yeah, so I mean, I mean Henry, yeah, that they they upgrade, they definitely upgraded there, and they got a really good special teamer in. in uh, I mean, they have to the, again to wrap it up with the defense. They got it. They can't be on the field for two thirds of the game. That's that's and a part of that part of that is on them. Get off the field quick. Get a three and out. You know, get a turnover. Um, get turnovers. That's what they got to do. Then the Bills. I mean, they don't. The Bills. Allen used to throw winner. He doesn't throw many anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got to do something. They got to. This has to be a game where they where they do everything. They just got to pull out every stop. I mean, just this. I mean, a, I, don't, I hate being gimmicky, but maybe they maybe they a trick play here or there. Maybe an onside kick. You know, if if they score. You know, come out with it. Start the game with an onside kick. You know, choose to defer and come out with an onside kick. You got to have you got to have players a A, capable and b willing. Like that's what I need. I want to see some effort, willingness, some some fight. So, well, you hit it on the head earlier when you said this team doesn't. They don't respond well to adversity, and that's not a good thing. They're not right now. I don't, and I don't know how you fix that or turn that around in the middle of a season. I think a team kind of. Certain things just are what they are, but winning fixes a lot of things. Like if the Packers, I mean, I guess this will segue into our game pick here. If the Packers don't get run off the field in Buffalo, even if they lose, that to me is is at least a building block. I mean, if they show some fight and say, "Hey, we fought, we we grind," I mean, because those guys in the locker room know who's giving what effort. And if you oh, lose, yeah. it's oh, you know, if you lose a game, that's one thing because the other guys get paid too. And it, listen, it's the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. You're not expected to win this game. Well, you're definitely not expected to win according to Vegas, but you're not expected to win this game if you're the Green Bay Packers. So if you go out and play a competitive game, I know there's no moral victories, but maybe that builds on it and you start to fix some of these ails that are that are kind of getting your team down. So, all right, how does this thing play out? Packers at Bills, Sunday Night Football. What do you got for a final? I can't pick the Packers to win. I mean, this was a game when the schedule came out and you kind of look at win-loss, but I I hate doing that, but we all kind of do it on our heads a little bit. I figured this was a loss just because, you know, at Buffalo. I also thought the Packers would be having a much better record at this point. Um, But even if they did, 
even if they were six and one at this point, if they had, if they didn't lose those three games that they were favored to win, I still think they would, they would lose at Buffalo to Josh Allen and the Bills. I think, I just think the Bills are a better team. I mean, even, even when, even if I, even what I thought about, this was opening day when, before we knew anything and you're just looking at both teams. I thought the Bills were better than the Packers and I thought the Packers were going to be very good, but I thought the Bills if, if, if I was doing rankings, I would have the Bills as the number one team preseason and as of as and nothing's changed. I mean, the Eagles are un, undefeated, but I still think the Bills are a little better than the Eagles. So with that said, I'm I'm going to keep it a little closer than I think you're going to keep it, but I'm going to say 31-17. 31-17. Okay. To me, if the Bills only score 31 points, then they're letting up. I mean, I, I think the I think I think the Bills will have. I honestly think the Bills are going to have thirty five by halftime. I've got it. I, I'm going forty seven three Bills. Like I forty seven three. Look until you until you show me. I mean, look, this offense is just it's bad. It's bad. Where are the points going to come from if the defense isn't scoring? And and Josh Allen, this is going to be a huge huge test for the defense once again. Now you got a mobile quarterback. It's like I'm just laughing at forty seven three. 47-3. 47-3 Bills. I mean, the Packers play badly in Buffalo. They're playing badly right now. It's like, I, I just, it is what it is. Like, you know, and I I, I, I don't think I'm going to be as correct as I was this past week. I, I didn't intend to be correct at all, but I was pretty darn close. Because what did I say, 24-23? 21-20. Or I said 21-20. So, yeah, it just, I, I and unfortunately, that's the way it shook out. So, but I, I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's 47-3 or 3 nothing or 7-3 or 14-7. Bills are going to win. The Packers are going to drop their fourth game in a row. And they're going to be two games under 500. And they're going to they're gonna have to start figuring out what's going on. And like you said, the trade deadline's coming up here. I don't think the Packers are going to make any moves. I don't think they have, that they, they don't like, parting with these future assets. They don't make these big moves. I mean, they made a couple in past seasons, but they were like margin type moves. They weren't big moves. I know that they want to be in the conversation, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem like teams are as willing. To, although this year, you know, they, they might still say, Hey, like, even if we trade you uh, a, like a DJ Moore, you might still be a good draft pick for us in return. And that might be a little bit more enticing than it's been in years past, but you see these good teams making moves and making trades. It's like I don't, I don't understand why the Packers don't. I, I, th- I think it has more to do with the willingness of the front office than getting offers rejected and whatever. But who knows? I'm not the one that's on the phone here. But so let me ask you this then. So we and, and, and we do got to wrap it up because we've been going a while. Yes. Um, if they do lose forty-seven to three or in that ballpark, do you instead of trading four people? Do you say, okay, hey, let's 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 turn the page here. Let's get rid of some guys and get some picks of our own, like they did a couple of years ago when they traded Ha Ha Clinton Dix and uh, Ty Montgomery and, and and got a couple of picks. Well, Ty Montgomery they cut because he was insubordinate. They didn't cut him. They get they got a seventh round pick. Or they trade him because he was insubordinate. Well, whatever they got a pick for him. They got a pick for him, yes. And at that point, yeah, at that point, the Packers were still their season was not quite over yet. No, but they, I, did, but they did, and they traded Clinton Dix. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the players that you most that the Packers most need to are, are realizing that they most need to unload are not the players that they want to be trading midseason right now. I'll just say that. I, I think all the all the players that because maybe you know well, maybe, I would trade anybody that probably isn't going to be here next year 
Right, but the some of those players that are probably not going to be here next year are also kind of really difficult to take on if you're if you're trading for them. So Dean Lowry, I'm talking about no, not Lowry. I'm, I mean, well, I'm I'm, I'm thinking more big picture. I'm thinking more big picture, like a you know, like a Bakhtiari. Like I, I don't. Well, I no mean, one's going to take Bakhtiari because right. me. And that's what I I'm mean. So, no, I'm talking Dean Lowry, Jerron Reed, and Adrian Amos. Guys in the final year of their contract who may or may not be here next year that you might get some picks. I don't you know. They may try. I mean, if you lose 47-3, nobody's safe. <laughs> right. Well, that's how, much, that's, that's how disparate I think these two teams are. Do you trade Aaron Jones? You could. I you mean, if you're going to be a seller, then you have, to, you have to take the call. You have to listen to the offer. I mean, Christian McCaffrey just went for four picks. He did, and that was uh, now. He's hurt all the time. The 49ers have made uh, some really silly trades in the past, but they somehow keep rising back up like the Phoenix. <laughs> so it's it's like I think that was a bad trade for. I think that was a bad trade on the on the 49ers side, but somehow they'll survive it and it won't hurt them. So no, they they haven't they haven't won a Super Bowl in a long time either. It's been a long time. Ninety four. They got long. the one, but you know. Yeah, ninety two actually since then, but they haven't won them. Yeah, ninety four was the last time they won one. So, so. Uh, well, we know it's a game recap that's up right now at Packer Report. What is coming up? Well, I got a story going up today on just my thoughts on a lot of what we just talked about. Um, the re- mostly about the receiver position. I'll leave it at that. I'll, I'll, I'll let you read it. But we got some Amari Rogers in there, some Christian Watson. Just some. It's, it's kind of random thoughts about what's going on at wide receiver. Okay. All right, that should be a good one. Well, hopefully everybody can survive and get through this game. Who knows? The Packers may end up surprising us, but well, you know, more likely than not, they probably won't. And we'll be here to break down what was left of it next week on Thursday and then look ahead to the Packers and the Lions, which is the next game up on the schedule at that point. So hope everybody is enjoying the rest of their week. Try to enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game. Be kind to each other. It's a tough time right now. Packers fans all need to band together. And as always, everybody, go Pack Go. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done